0: So are you coming to the New Year's Eve party? I don't know. This year has really been wearing me down. I know. But that's why you need to come and hang out. You know, you can't stay in that dungeon all the time. I know. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. You know the drill. If you've been listening, hang on and stick with me as we talk about Dungeon Diaries. I'll see you on the flip. Oh yes, Dungeon Diaries. Now, I was going to equate this to being in the dungeon for 2019, but that may not be the case for you right now. And so if that's not the case, if you didn't have a rough 2019, it's okay. Uh, If you did, hopefully this will help you. And Hopefully this will help you when you're going through some things. So let me go on and define a dungeon as I'm talking about it today and and then once I, I i give you that scope of what that dungeon is then i'm going to ask you to come with me as i i use a metaphor for it that i have found to be quite interesting and thought provoking as well as full of wisdom smacks so the way we're looking at a dungeon um we're looking at the dungeon as that place where it is uh not it it, it is oppressive it is where you are in a um unfamiliar place that is not geared towards your um to help you um a dungeon being a place where it, you might find yourself um in uh, isolation and a dungeon could be either a tower or a basement now y'all know how we do here so let me just go on and give you the etymology the you know the background of a dungeon and And what that used to mean. So around the thirteen uh, 1300s, it usually meant a great tower or a castle. See, back then, instead of putting you under the ground, they will put you up in the tower, isolated from people, um where you could not get a lot. I mean, it took it. If somebody was up there to visit you, it was because they came specifically to see you because being in that position, Uh, was not uh, fun. It it was not conducive to uh, having people want to hang out there. And usually, uh, with these quote-unquote towers in the great castle, that meant that it was uh, a place where a person of power who had the um, ability to guard you or have uh, resources and peoples to guard you, uh, where you were kept. Now, going back to the third, like i said 1300s it uh, as meaning a great castle uh tower uh or it uh also meant to um be in housed in a master house so it meant to have a place where it was so big that they had a portion that could be uh parceled off for this specific occasion and uh it was usually somewhere where there was a uh, imposing or com- uh, commanding position of strength, meaning that this was usually going to be a lord or a king or, or someone, a baron of someone of power who was able to have this type of place. And so it also meant castle keep, which meant uh, a stronghold. And so what ended up happening in the 14th uh, century, uh, and I said 1300s, um, 13th century, so 1200s to 1300s, uh, it evolved to mean a stronghold. And that's where it started to become the underground. And that was where we started to get that variant on it moving from somewhere sequestered in a high tower to somewhere where it was a stronghold underneath that was meant to be uh, kept away from prying eyes and knowledge. And, uh, and, and so we had that. Uh, it, it was also an inner keep. Um, it was an underground prison cell. And that's where most people are familiar, an underground prison cell. And it is also, now get this, you guys, (laughs) dungeon is also where we get the term danger. And so out of dungeon, we started to get this word dunger, uh, which meant uh, to power through, uh, I mean, the power, excuse me, the power of a Lord or a master to have jurisdiction over something that you did. So if you were danger. You that meant that you were put into the dungeon and you were held by the power of the majesty of the authority or the person in control. And so out of that, we started to not we, because we weren't there, but it started that the words started to evolve to cast off on little um saplings of words that became known as uh danger. Okay. So I wanted to make sure I put that out there. So thank you for letting me go through that because y'all know I love my etymology. There's a lot of wisdom in that. Uh, So let's move over to this. Now stick with me. I was going to name this the Treasures of the Dungeon, but I was like, they ain't going to listen to that. (laughs) You might not, you know, you might have been like, what is she talking about today with Diaries of the Dungeon? But I wanted to say Diaries of the Dungeon because um, there is a lot of observation, a lot of information that has come to me when I've been going through and reflecting. And I'm going to say this about this whole idea of going through the dungeon. One of the biggest uh, wisdom smacks that I received was when I started a couple of years ago studying the gaming industry and the process of what happens to a person as they go through games and gaming events. So much so that if you just go through on YouTube and put in takeaways, wisdoms from people who are gamers, you will start to see a profound philosophy starting to emerge from people who put themselves knowingly into these gaming formats. Uh, The whole concept of grinding. We've talked a little bit about it before, but we'll talk about it today. Um, The concept of leveling up and of uh building out your specs building out your kit of uh what you have by way of your skills your affinities um your position and uh your um uh, your loot and all of that kind of stuff is a very powerful thing and when I was going back through, like I said, and and talking with a lot of people and, and like you know, doing this whole year in review about 2019, I was like,, oh, it feels like we've been in the dungeon. <laughs> and, um, and so when you think about the dungeon in this in this regards, it means when you go uh, into a place where there is going to be some struggle some uh, oppression, Uh, there might be uh, some imprisonment that could possibly happen, Uh, and all of the things that we would think of when we think of the term dungeon. But in this new world of gaming, there's so much more. And that's why I started making some notes of stuff that was uh, equivalent to being in a dungeon as for me and others going through 2019. So here are some of the main things uh, that I am wanting to talk about with us today. And uh, when we talk about a dungeon, if you will, if you're a gamer, great. This will make sense to you. If you're not, please stick with me. I promise it'll make sense. So in the gaming world, when you have a dungeon, a dungeon is usually going to be a place that has a lot of hardship, suffering, struggle, and even death. Yes, I said it. there are going to be certain uh things that you encounter there's going to be some trickery <laughs> uh where things don't appear as they are um in the gaming world they use uh, things like traps and mimics and and things to make you look like some make something look different or promising than it is and in other regards um, uh, It has a certain way that it leads you through a path so that you can't avoid certain obstacles and things that need to be overcome to win and to move forward. Now, a lot of times in the gaming world, dungeons, people seek them out. Now, you would think that if somebody is going to go through all manners of walking through hell on a cobweb, you would think they would avoid it. But in the gaming world, it is the shortest path a lot of times to being able to get a lot of skills, a lot of leveling up, and a lot of loot, badges, awards, and all that kind of stuff. And because of These rewards, treasures of the dungeon, a lot of people seek it out. Now, uh, there are some giveaways that um, the dungeon has to contend with, and that is the structure of it. When people go, for the most part, I think people are expecting when they go through these dungeons that they're going to have different levels of monsters to fight, different levels of obstacles to overcome. Think of a hyped up Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom uh, scenario when he gets the treasure and then all the booby traps start. That's kind of like a dungeon scene if you're not a gamer. Uh, And then on top of that, once they have successfully fought through, the only way out is through. And that's usually through what is called a boss or a boss level monster boss boss and this boss level monster has a lot of power sometimes it will fight all uh, fight you on its own or sometimes it will fight you with all this power and all its minions and so it will just unload on you and it will a lot of times take you out and you'll keep having to start over and over again and so let me ask you this if 2019 felt like every time you tried to get up, it punched you in your nose and knocked you back down. If you feel like that, and it might, like I said, it it doesn't necessarily have to be 2019. It could be something else. But if that has been something that you can really say, yeah, I understand that. Nine times out of 10, you were having a dungeon moment. And there are a lot of things that you can glean from this. So if you're ready, let's get into the dungeon diaries. Okay. All right. So before we start, I want to give a shout out to two books uh, that I have in my library that helped me to start on the road to understanding uh, why games and how powerful they can be to help us with not only wisdom but to succeed and to stay relevant and competitive in today's world okay the first book i want to shout out to is called reality is broken why games make us better and how they change the um and how they change the world yeah i want to make sure i said that right Um, And it's by Dr. Jane McGonigal, who has a Ph.D. in um, studying gameplay, how to make games and get people engaged in games. And I liked it because it wasn't just a whole bunch of spouting out of her dissertation. She actually starts with how she was sick and she used what she knew as a game um, and inviting others to help her get better. And then she talked about ways, very practical ways, that you can gamify and have um, role-playing games that don't require anybody having a console or uh, buying any kind of gaming gear. And uh, I especially like the way uh, she treated the whole phenomenon of World of Warcraft, otherwise known as WoW. And so... It really un- helped me to understand and start to get a feel for it. Um, she does tackle how non-gamers might look at gamers and say, you're wasting your life, you know, and all of the bad cliche-ish stuff that people attribute to gameplay. And she opened up the doors to, to let people see that, no, this is probably more a wave of the future because a lot of things that you don't think is gaming is gaming. And that brings me to the next one. And that is called Actionable Gamification by Yu Kai Chao. And I'm going to tell you that whether you understand what actionable gamification is or not, you have probably experienced it and been part of it. Uh, if you have been interacting with any of your merchants or or organizations or anything. Uh, Yu Kai Chow has um, this wonderful book and it's almost kind of like a reference and textbook. It's readable, but it is a book that you'll find that you go back to and use as a reference more than anything because he breaks down the nuts and bolts of how games are constructed. Uh, How to develop them, how to keep people interested, how to meet different levels, how to get them to engage in it. And so it's a wonderful textbook on the mechanics of popular gameplay. Unlike if you ever try to go and read game theory, game theory is not what you think it is, and depending on uh, which discipline you are looking at it from. Whether it be machine learning or uh, gameplay in uh, software design, it's totally different. So, I highly recommend both books: "Reality Is Broken" and "Actionable Gamification," uh, because they, if if you, I, I believe that if you go through these two books, you start to see the power of all of the wisdom, the lessons, and how these uh, tools that we take for granted help us to grow. So let me go on and give you some of the wisdom smacks of um, being in the dungeon. What, what the, what, what the notes of the diaries, of my observations of myself and others have gleaned that I'm going to shortcut and share with you. Number one, and I don't, I'm not going to say number one or whatever because they're all even to to me. One is not better than the other. But one of the things that I have learned is that when you go through hard times, if you're in the dungeon. The dungeon is set up to to show your metal and it's not usually going to be where you can do it on your own. The dungeon requires you to become part of a unit. Just like with games and gaming and people going into dungeons, usually they don't go by themselves because It's real hard to go into that kind of environment and go by yourself. And the reason why is because the dungeon is the epitome of what you have uh, gone through to that moment. That's the next thing. Dungeons have prerequisites, just like when you take a class and the class says, um, like there's something that I'm I'm going through right now. And I had to stop because there's a programming language that I need to become um, familiar with to be able to just even have a work knowledge of what they're talking about. And so that's the prerequisite. Uh, you, you can't go into uh, composition, compositional literature if you don't understand grammar and your ABC. So that's going to be the prerequisite. And dungeons tend to have prerequisites. So one of the first things I noted in my quote unquote dungeon diaries is that dungeons are made for us to uh, go in with with others. They have, and they're made to have prerequisites. They are the epitome or the expression of things that you should have learned. And if you are encountering a dungeon, count it a great thing, because to encounter a dungeon in your life, in your, in your, um, in, in what you do for a living, means that you're on a progression, and it's time for you to level up. And it tests you. Um, the uh, other thing is, is that. Another thing with uh, dungeons is that you are going to have an ultimate uh, showdown. You're going to have a boss level fight and you're not going to get past it until you win. And here is the the wisdom smack. Your boss level fights are usually not made for you to make for you to win them on your own. They're usually made for you to work within a team or a group. Now, what if you say, "Well, Michelle, I don't have all of that. I don't have a lot of people in my in, you know, whatever. What are you talking about? Don't worry. It's it's not where I'm saying that you have to be friends with a whole bunch of people and all this kind of stuff. What I'm saying is that one of the things that that this dungeon play analogy made me aware of is how we learn how to become comrades. In that book, "Reality Is Broken" by uh, Dr. Jane McGonigal, she does an excellent job of talking about comrades instead of competitors. You see, outside the gaming world, we're taught that we compete with each other for a job or for a significant other or for the 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 best uh, pick. Of the crop, or whatever, we're always put in uh, opposition to each other, and that develops a lot of anxiety on top of whatever it is we are wanting to achieve. Unlike that in the gaming world, the reason why people are so excited to knowingly go into a dungeon raid because that's a lot of times what they call it, knowing that it's going to test them, they might die, um, it's going to be hard is because. The fact of the matter is you can't do it by yourself. And instead of being a competitor, you become a comrade. And that one, ding, ding, ding. Now, I'll, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I read this book many years ago, and that was one of the breakthrough aha wisdom smack moments, many of them in that book, but one of the ones that really drew. Drilled down in a radical kind of way, and and got rid of some stuff in the way I approached, in the way I thought about my world. And when I stopped thinking as people, as my competitors in my industry, and instead reframe them as my comrades, life became um, easier to do what I was supposed to do, because comrades. Are still out to get their own stuff. Yes, they are out for themselves. But comrades are not using punitive action to keep you from doing something. Comrades are like, let's work together until we don't work. We don't have to work together, and you know, let's do what we need to. Because another thing in um, this dungeon play or understanding of dungeon play, when everybody goes in, everybody has they can be a team. Or, and, not, or, there'll be a team and each person has their own experience to learn, to grow through, and to glean. Yeah, one of the things that I was like surprised with when you do a dungeon raid, it isn't where the um, dungeon is raided and you win. And then there is a, uh, a just a one big old loot drop you know, where okay, here it is, and everybody has to equally div- divvy it up. What, uh, the instead of that, how it's set up, and I thought this was brilliant, uh, of how gameplay has come a long way in its design was that, yes, that happens and. There is loot that can only be used by people with certain affinities, certain levels, uh, certain skill sets, uh, certain job tasks, and it makes it where each person's uh, journey through that dungeon left them personally better in a unique in a unique way from anybody else. And that was one of the things that I was like, "Oh my gosh, 2019 for me was a dungeon raid." It really was. I went through this journey with, and I'm, I'm thinking about my team, my guild, if you will. We went through this year and I can definitely see um, that I wouldn't have been able to do it without them. And I hope they feel the same way. But then I also can see how there were certain things that I got that I counted as loot and there were things that they got and as loot. And it wasn't where we were... Um, having to subjugate ourselves to anybody or, you know, it wasn't where there was a leader that we were following. We were all doing our own journeys, but we were doing them together and going through this dungeon. Now, this is the part that I was like, oh my God, this sucks. (laughs) So, about during the early part of the summer, Um, my nephew, uh, who just recently graduated from high school, shout out (laughs) to him. He uh, informed his mom, I was on the phone with her and he informed his mom, don't bother me this weekend because I'm going to be doing some grinding. And she was like, okay. And I thought it was really fun because, of course, I know what grinding is. And I was like, if anybody had told me that an 18-year-old would be willing to take an entire weekend and do nothing but grunt, repetitive, low-level work, not low-level, but mindless work over and over again without getting paid for it to be able to level up in a game, I would have been like, you're lying. But now. On the other side of understanding the benefits of going through these things, it makes all the sense in the world. So, grinding that is the part I think sucked the most for me and for a lot of people in this particular year. Now, listen to me, beloved, because if you get this, you'll be able to probably pinpoint what was going on in your life and some situations as well. And you'll get excited because you will see that you are gaining a lot. Now, this whole idea of grinding is the same on the inside of a game as it is on the outside. And we have talked about grinding on these podcasts this year. With grinding, it is that premise that nothing comes for free and that you just because you can see something does not mean you can immediately access it or have it. Uh, I used to think it was cruel to be able to have a goal and not access it. But when I started learning that if you are blessed to either be presented with a goal or come up with a goal, understand that between you and acquisition of that goal is a whole bunch of grinding and a whole bunch of dungeons. And once you just make that quick little shift, things become easy. You understand, like my nephew, this weekend I'm grinding. I mean, isn't that nice to be able to compartmentalize and know this drudgery, this not seeing any kind of success, not getting any real feedback, not getting any attaboys and you rock and likes and all of that kind of stuff. When you know what it is, when you know that this is my grinding. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I'm working, I'm putting stuff out, and people are not responding the way I think they should. Oh, This is grinding. Keep going. Or I've done all this stuff and I'm putting it out there and I'm not seeing any return on my effort. But when you know this is grinding, keep going. You haven't done enough. You haven't gotten enough experience points. You haven't uh, uh, learned uh, how to stick with it enough. You haven't proven to the system that you're quote unquote worthy uh, because you're willing to work and uh, do what it feels like you should qualify to be able to keep what, what it grants you, I was like, this is so freaking powerful. And, and these life lessons are so amazing that understanding simply by sometimes you got to grind, sometimes you got to work for it. And uh, in previous podcasts, I've talked about the difference between uh, grinding and perfected training, you know, deliberate training. Whereas deliberate training is going to give you feedback. That's like, think about when you, when you, if you're taking karate and you go to the dojo and you work with a master, the master's going to show you something, then you practice it, and maybe you go home and practice it. And when you come back, you show them and they're going to tweak, adjust, put your hand somewhere. You're going to get feedback, you're going to get correction. Well, um, that's different from grinding because with grinding, it is going to be something that maybe someone shows you what you need to do or maybe not. And guess what? You just got to do it. And there's not going to be any feedback. There's not going to be any attaboys, not going to be any tweaks or or whatever's, And you're going to do it until you do it right. Instead of just doing it. And that was another thing about this whole grinding situation that I had to get through my thick skull that just because I'm doing something does not mean that I'm advancing and that I'm grinding. No, grinding is where you take the initiative, I take the initiative to do uh, the task and do the task to the best of our ability and Uh, what is required of you without any feedback. You've got to take the initiative to go out and do it and uh, do it well. Because if you don't do it well, you never progress, you never level up and you never become eligible for other levels. Remember the dungeon is the epitome of that area that you've been working on. And so if you've had some dungeon moments, be excited because that meant that you did something right. That meant you ground uh, out the work and got to a level where um, the environment rewarded you with that uh exhibition or test or however you want to look at it, you know, however it it works to, to help you go through it. And so it's a very powerful thing to go through these because these dungeons that we have in our life, where it seems like every time you try to do something, you get punched down and Every time you uh, try to go for something, if you figure out that you don't have what it takes, maybe it might be resources or learning or you're like, dang it, again, I don't have this. Go back. That means you gotta gotta do some more grinding. You gotta, gotta work it out. But understand this, as my time is quickly coming to a close, that is it a bad thing? You know, when you look at it, Is it a bad thing for us to take pride in uh, doing the work so that when we get what it is we're going after or when we get through the pain that we don't have any fear of losing what we've gained or making a mishap to go back into the pain? That was another thing in my dungeon diaries that I noted, that once you go through your grinding you go through the uh, the dungeon you make it through the boss there is a certain sense of confidence and knowing that uh even if i go through that again it's going to be easy because that experience made me ready for it that experience made me ready for the new level that I would have to operate on. Because going into 2020, even though I feel like a cast member from the backside of American Ninja Warrior, I can say going into 2020, I am way more skilled and ready to handle a lot of stuff that I wasn't this time last year. And so all I want to say is this, that there are many things that suck. There are many things that don't feel well, and maybe you're lamenting them, but dare to reframe it and understand that you probably were having a dungeon moment and that there are many treasures of this dungeon. When you fight through the boss levels, and it and, uh, come through. That means you level up. When you understand how to work with others to get things done, you are reframing it where you're not in competition with others as much as you are comrades and arms each working through what you need to do. And also the art of grinding. It is powerful and you got this. So let's make this new year wonderful. So guess what? Bye.